Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Assertive Communication. I'm communication and leadership skills expert, Pamela Jett, and this is episode number one of a five-episode series designed to help you learn how to communicate more assertively, or as I like to say, how to say it with backbone, not bite. I've been working with adults for decades, helping them discover the secrets to being assertive in their communication. And one of the things that I've noticed as I've worked with hundreds of thousands of people around the globe is that many people have no real idea what assertiveness is and what assertiveness is not. And that's what we're going to discover in this episode. And to help you do this, I'm going to encourage you to imagine in your head a horizontal line. But it's not really a line. It's a continuum. I like to call this the communication continuum. And what makes this line a continuum is that there will be arrows on each end of the line. So you have your horizontal line, and at the end of the line, there's an arrow pointing to the left, and at the end of the line on the other side, there's an arrow pointing to the right. And what this indicates is that this continuum would go on and on and on and on. There is no end point, and we're all very familiar with what continuums look like. And it's helpful to think of a continuum as we discuss communication because Often, we find that some people are either extremely passive or almost unbelievably passive, and then some people might be more moderately passive, or they might be slightly passive. Regardless, it still falls in that passive range. And you will almost always be able to find someone who is more or less passive than someone else. So it's a continuum. And as we go through this continuum, I encourage you to think to yourself, where do I normally fall? What is my default or my comfort zone method? Because almost all of us can step out of our comfort zone and behave in a way that is different than our natural tendency. But where do you most of the time in most situations fall? And on one end of the line, I'd like you to envision the word or even write down the word passive, P-A-S-S-I-V-E. And passive communicators are the kinds of communicators who have a hard time standing up for their own thoughts, their own wants, their own feelings, their own desires. The passive communicator will say yes when they would like to say no. The passive communicator does not want to rock the boat. They don't ever want to upset anyone. They will often engage in a lot of people-pleasing communication. They will often avoid conflict because they don't want to upset anyone or they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. As I said, the passive communicator has a hard time standing up for their own thoughts, their own wants, their own feelings, their own desires. It's not that they don't have them. It's not that they don't know what they are. It's that they have a hard time communicating them. Now, by the way, there are some people who are so far down that passive continuum that if you ask them what they truly wanted, they are so unused to voicing an opinion that they have a hard time even stating if you ask them directly or they have a hard time even admitting it to themselves. 
But it's not as if you don't have an opinion if you're passive. It's that you often don't want to share that opinion because of fear of repercussions. By the way, a couple of things to know about passive communicators. First and foremost, it is not always a bad idea or a poor choice to choose to be passive. Now, notice I emphasize the word choose. In some situations, it's just not worth it. It's simply not worth getting your knickers in a twist over. And when you choose to be passive in a situation like that, the best advice is to literally get over it, let it go. The problem is, though, many of us don't. We say to ourselves, I don't want to say anything. It's not worth it. We hold on to a little bit of anger and animosity and resentment or frustration and we put it in our backpack or our gunny sack for future use. And this sets us up for passive aggressiveness. We'll talk about what passive aggressiveness is in a moment. But for now, remember that a passive person who's holding on to that frustration is setting themselves up for passive aggressiveness. It's not always a poor choice to choose to be passive. The challenge, though, is when you feel like you don't have a choice or when you feel like that's the only reasonable choice out there because you're afraid of those repercussions. Now, some of you are probably thinking to yourself, I have no problem standing up for my own thoughts, my own wants, my own feelings, my own desires. I have no problem. I am not passive at all. In fact, you may have gone all the way over, either as a form of compensation for being tired of being passive, or you simply naturally aren't passive. And you are naturally at the other end of the continuum, which I'd like to label aggressive. So the other end of that continuum, next to the other arrow, you might want to put the word in your mind or if you're writing things down, the word aggressive. Aggressive communicators have no problem standing up for their own thoughts, their own wants, their own feelings, their own desires. And they often use very harsh or direct or command and controlling and disrespectful language. They may get right in your face or they might use foul or colorful language or they will use a tone of voice that is designed to be intimidating. We often think of aggressive people as bullies or aggressive people as really bossy or in-your-face threatening kinds of individuals. And that is not uncommon. The aggressive person often will engage in that very inappropriate behavior. However, here's the definition that I find helpful in terms of aggressive communication. Aggressive communicators disrespect the rights of other people. I'm going to share that with you again because it's so powerful. Aggressive communicators disrespect the rights of other people. And they often do that by screaming or yelling or getting right in your face. However, you don't have to scream or yell in order to engage in aggressive communication. Because remember, aggressive communication is communication that disrespects the rights of others. And you can do that without yelling. Oh, by the way, who does the passive person disrespect? Themselves. So passive communicators disrespect themselves. Aggressive communicators disrespect others. Now, as I mentioned, while it's very common for aggressive people to be obvious, like I said, tone of voice or language choice, it isn't always so obvious. Just like with the passive person who will say yes when they want to say no and then they hold on to some resentment and animosity, the aggressive person can also set themselves up for passive aggressiveness. This is something I had to learn as a young person. I've always been very verbal. And I could out-talk my parents from a very young age. 
And I know some of you are probably not shocked. And when I was a tween and an early teen, one of the strategies that I used to gain control, which is normal for teenagers, they want to have more uh, self-direction, more control over their lives and their environment. It's natural and normal. But one of the things that I used to try and gain more control, especially when I felt like I wasn't given that control by my mother, is I used my very large vocabulary and my ability to think on my feet and speak to make her feel stupid. I tried to make myself feel better by making her feel icky. I tried to build myself up by tearing her down, but I didn't do it by screaming or yelling or stomping down the hall. By the way, if I had done that as a teenager and gone into my room and slammed my door, I wouldn't have a door within the next hour. It just been removed. That was not acceptable behavior. I still, however, was fighting for that control. And so what I would use is my big vocabulary to try to make my mother feel stupid. I said it with a smile on my face. I never screamed. I never yelled. But my intent was disrespectful. So I was engaged in aggressive communication. However, it was passive aggressive because on the surface, it was pleasant and nice. And I didn't yell. I didn't throw a fit but I used my language skills to make my mother feel foolish or stupid or weak or less. By the way, I became aware of that pattern when I started studying communication in my late teens and I realized that I was engaged in inappropriate communication and I worked very hard to break that pattern. And I even asked my mother's forgiveness because I know it was something I did intentionally. It was a very passive aggressive thing to do and it was inappropriate. So while the passive person may sometimes struggle with a form of passive aggressive communication that we often call gunny sacking or backpacking, they hold on and hold on and hold on and hold on and then something happens and they explode. The aggressive person can often do what I did, which is to be nice on the surface, but my intent was disrespectful. We know that passive communication is not the kind of communication that works for us professionally or personally. Aggressive communication typically does not work personally or professionally. Assertive communication is the goal. And assertive communication is communication that respects the rights of all parties. So the assertive communicator can stand up for their own thoughts, their own wants, their own feelings, their own desires without being a bully, without screaming or yelling or using foul or colorful language or intentionally disrespecting someone. They also can stand up for their own thoughts, their own wants, their own feelings, their own desires, and they're not a doormat. They don't allow themselves to be taken advantage of. Assertive communicators respect the rights of both parties or all parties. And they avoid the trap of passive aggressiveness. And by the way, there are all sorts of types of passive aggressiveness. Like I said, it's nice and a nice on the surface and underneath nasty. I've given you a couple of examples. Gunny sacking being one of them. Sarcasm is also a form of passive aggressiveness. If I were to say to you, nice hair, everything about that message is saying you're having a bad hair day, honey. But my words, nice hair, are very assertive and appropriate. So if you came back and you said, that was rude, I could say, oh, that wasn't rude. What did I say? I told you, nice hair. That's sarcasm. It's a passive aggressive form of communication. So is gaslighting. Uh, when you are so adamant that you are, didn't say something, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, I didn't say that. 
and you really said it, but you admit, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, and then eventually the other person thinks that they're crazy. There are so many different forms of gaslighting out there. It's beyond the scope of this episode to talk about all the different ways we gaslight. But when people are using gaslighting, they're essentially making the other person feel like they're nuts, like they're crazy. And it's very common. Ghosting. Somebody's like, what's ghosting? Ghosting is when you just disappear. You won't have that difficult conversation. It happens in the online dating world, and it also happens in the HR world. A lot of employers will say that many new hires are simply not showing up. They don't do the courtesy of saying, I've taken another position. They aren't assertive enough to say, I've went with another offer. They just simply don't show up. It's a form of ghosting. Or the silent treatment, or withholding, or giving backhanded compliments. These are all forms of passive aggressiveness. Some uh, passive people are more prone to using things like kitchen sinking. Aggressive people are more prone to using things like gaslighting. But it is something that we all sometimes struggle with. So the key becomes, how do I stay assertive? How do I engage in communication consistently that respects the rights of all parties? And I don't revert into passive aggressiveness or passiveness or aggressiveness. This has been episode number one of Assertive Communication, where we have discovered the difference between passiveness, aggressiveness, and assertiveness. And we've discovered that assertive communication is communication which respects the rights of all parties. In episode number two, we'll be talking about what we want to do as individuals to help us develop assertiveness. I'm communication and leadership skills expert Pamela Jett, and this has been episode number one of Assertive Communication. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.